G'day, I'm Scott Sanders from Reach Australia. This is the Reach Australia podcast. Over the next few episodes, we'll be talking with Australian church leaders about their response during COVID-19. And today I'm talking again with Greg Lee from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle, New South Wales, and also Mike Sams from the Reach Australia consulting team, uh, Adelaide in South Australia. Yeah, I think both are true. We may not have lost people net, um, but we're going to have gained people, the people who are on their way in, have gone further in. Um, but I think there'll be people who are on their way out and this has been their exit. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders and you've tuned in to the Reach Australia podcast, a podcast that's all about healthy, evangelistic, multiplying churches. Mike and Greg, great to be talking with you again. Good to be back. Thanks, Scott. Now, today we're talking about restarting church. It seems like, is it, is it too early to be having this conversation? We, we don't even know if State of Origin is going to be going ahead uh, in October and whether we're actually going to be able to see it face-to-face. That's, that's big. Yeah. We, in our staff team, we did a survey about when we thought we'd go back. The answers ranged from April, and it was halfway through April when we did it, to next January. <laughs> so we, the- we, we want to acknowledge that there's uncertainty. I think the other thing we want to acknowledge as well is like, uh, why are you even having this conversation? I, I've only just got my church online and, and we're only just worked out how to do Zoom meetings and you're talking about restarting church. Can we, like, can we just get this worked out and now you're thinking about restarting? <laughs> I think that's right. Well, think of this as the opportunity. If we restart earlier, you may never have to get church online sorted out. <laughs> well, I think we can say that we are going to be meeting online at least for the next three months yeah, um, and, so. and even then it's going to be you know sort of a three it could be a two three month staggered um, proposition and it I think as you said a couple of times you know we've this is our first pandemic again one of the big questions will will we see this happen again you know we likely are or again one of the changes that come out of this is we don't travel internationally anymore yeah. Um, we do actually go on holidays to Newcastle. That is now become a destination. <laughs> That's right. We're gonna we're gonna set up borders. We're gonna do what Queensland have done. <laughs> now I don't have to tell my my. I mean, people always want to go to South Australia. Uh, it has got some of the best wine regions in Australia, amongst other them. things, and it's also got the Adelaide Oval. That's right. That's and that's right. I can't think of anything else. That's uh, <laughs> uh, so so thinking about restarting church, um, how you know. What are, I want to, I want to go to those first you know those first few weeks. How are you going to use those first few weeks when we can actually physically again gather as a church? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. I, I think the first thing we have to say is this all has to be um, this whole conversation has to be catched in the fact that it's probably going to be a staggered return, small groups then larger groups. But let's zero in on when we can actually get our church back together. Um, one of the things I'd really want to wrestle with is how do we use the first few weeks to really ramp up mission and the vision. So our natural instinct is we want to celebrate getting back together. We want to celebrate getting the family back together and loving it face to face. And we should do that. Um, but I wonder if this is also a brilliant chance. Every, every time things change, every time, every new circumstance is a chance to reframe the vision and re-preach it. There's a brilliant chance for us to do vision. I wonder if asking the question, how do we celebrate the things we've seen God do? Let's, do, let's have massive Thanksgiving things. Um, 
because we've seen God grow his kingdom and let's bounce from those thanksgiving celebration of what God has done into let's be on mission and vision. This is our chance to get people thinking about who they're evangelizing. I think it's the chance to get people to join ministry teams and to give to church. Um, there's all the big questions that I think we should put in front of people in those first few meetings, not just, isn't it awesome to get back together? Now you've talked, you've talked already about having a goal of seeing 30 people make decisions for Christ. Uh, and so in some senses, I'm, you know, I'm praying and hoping that that's something that you do come back and celebrate and say, Hey, wow, in the last you know three months, we've seen this many people come uh, to know Jesus. Uh, to what, to what extent though, this, this sort of celebration has to be, um, I don't know. It's like a, it's like your, your, your 40th birthday party. You know, you're excited about celebrating it, but really you don't want to, you don't want too many people to know that you've turned 40 because then people actually know that you, you know, they know that you're old. You're old. And yeah. and it, how, how much of this is going to be a, it's going to be a slow, you know, a slow return because there will be families. There will be people who will be thinking, Hey, I'm, I'm just not ready for this. Mm. There'll be people who'll be reluctant to join even when the government says it's fine. Um, mm. And so we, I was talking about this with my wife. There are some people who are just hanging to get back together already. You know, they'll be pushing ahead and there are others who have been very concerned about safety and they'll be lagging behind. Um, I think that's where clear messaging really helps. We found the most helpful thing we can do as a church is clearly say what we're doing, why we're doing it and how it relates to the authorities. People have been happy to differ with us as long as we've communicated clearly. We want to have those big celebrations as, as much as we can, though. Um, I think getting everyone back together um, safely as soon as the government allows us, I think, is pretty important. So, uh, Mike, I'm really keen to get your thoughts in on this. As we're, as we're coming back, uh, this, you know, this actually provides the opportunity to split, congr you know, split congregations and launch new congregations to actually meet at more times because potentially we're not going to be able to meet in groups of 250 for a while. Uh, and so in some ways, this really accelerates the sort of the multiplication, uh, you know, opportunity. So the back to normal, the, the big celebration, uh, you know, that, that, that Greg's talking about, what might, it, you know, what might it look like? Uh, you know, I think, I think in my head, you're, in my head, I'm thinking, Greg, you're, you're thinking, how can we celebrate all 850 of us getting together? But prior, prior to that, probably we'll be in smaller gatherings. What, what opportunities are there for multiplication as, as we think about restarting? hearing lots of stories about how people realize they're not in control and how clear that's been during this time and the hope they can have in christ is amplified in times of crisis and so when you get back together in smaller if it is in smaller times sharing those stories in person together and really thanking god for them in that time is really helpful um, and I think it's actually a great time if we can't actually meet in the big numbers that we'd like to thinking about well, why don't we not just do something uh, because we can? What if it, this gives us an opportunity to stop and think about what uh, opportunities we have to grow in different ways? So do we think about a different service? Do we think about, well, uh, there's opportunities to uh, grow in um, our small groups or whatever opportunities, not just jump in. Um, I think we've got a good opportunity to think about um, what mission pathways we want to we want to actually go back to. Um, and I think the big principle is we don't want to just say uh, we can now go back to what was. We want to go forward and think about um, what is it we can now uh, do that's going to be best uh, for the gospel. So we won't we won't won't go into detail, but there there are you know there's opportunities for mer you know merging with other churches that may come out of this as well at the back end. Um, Greg, I want to particularly 
you you pivoted and you, you didn't just keep continue preaching through what you were going to preach. You've been preaching through James during this time. Um, uh, again, what are you thinking? You know, will there be a special series when we when we come back to celebrate? Are we going to get a whole bunch of you know sermons on Ephesians and and the church and what church is all about and churches gathered? Uh, what what are you thinking in terms of preaching? Wow, that's you just gave me a great idea there. I think um, <laughs> all across Australia, Ephesians series. There's a big tension, isn't there, between getting back to normal as quickly as possible and seizing the moment. So um, I want to seize the moment and have a bunch of dinners and use the opportunity to do as much vision stuff as possible. But a lot of people are going to want to just get back to normal as quickly as possible to our normal meeting times. Get into teaching the Bible. Um, and there's, there's something to be said for both those. There's a tension that exists. Um, I think we'll go back to our normal preaching program um, and our campuses, our particular campus directors are going to be wanting to establish as much normality as possible. I want to use the, the moment as much as I can as well. So I think we'll have a couple of big celebrations. We'll have some dinners. We'll try and find a way of welcoming a whole bunch of new people in and talk about this special moment, mm. but I can see getting back to normal is really helpful. So I want us to start to think into uh, our teams. Uh, yeah, Mike, you've been working with a number of churches, just helping them think about how they restructure their teams, uh, how they pivot some of their, you know, their teams to, you know, tech environment. Yep. You know, the reality is a whole bunch of churches have shut down, you know, shut down teams and a lot of their serving teams. How you know? How do we need to start thinking about restarting teams? Oh, well, we've got to we've got to actually first of all acknowledge the teams that have happened for a period of time and how people are going in those uh, periods and, and and celebrate celebrate them and get uh, and reestablish what we what teams we need for the purposes we're doing going forward. So as we as we go back on uh, go back gathering together, we need to reestablish those teams. And, but what we do as we do that, we don't want to just get the teams we had previously and restart them because what we, uh, I think, will find is that there's people that have stepped up that could actually step up into leadership positions. So being aware of that and, and mobilising and equipping um, a whole bunch of new people that you've seen during this time really step up in a way that you hadn't seen before is a really good opportunity. Um, I don't know, Greg, if you've seen that in your church, people kind of step up um, in a way that you hadn't actually anticipated. Yeah, I think we've definitely seen some people who there wasn't the room for them to move into leadership before this because the teams were established and settled. This has really shaken everything up. There's been a whole bunch of, there's five new departments in our church during COVID and it's given people a chance to navigate their way through and come into the leadership. Um, I think we're also going to find that some of our established leaders are going to get to the end of COVID and be exhausted mm. um, or lost confidence. I think some of our teams, they'll have lost touch within the team because the team's been neglected. So just kind of having shelved a team, we're not going to be able to pick it back up and restart it. So a classic here would be music teams or Sunday production teams. Um, not having done things for six months, we can't just restart the, the engine. Um, some of the leaders will be exhausted. Um, some of the teams will have lost motivation. Some of the people will have gone backward in their Christian life um, during COVID. And so, Really, I think where the leaders are going to have to almost rebuild their teams, and as we pastor leaders, we're going to almost have to to sit right alongside them and almost retrain them and help them to navigate it. So, Greg, do you think there's a, there's a 
the case for the, the leaders, not just thinking about actually getting the team and the, and the role that they've got going, but they need to be thinking about their people more and actually uh, the, the community fellowship sense of their teams. Yeah, definitely. Um, having teams that do more than just perform a function, but are actually a little fellowship group. Um, yeah. Often our youth leaders will talk about, you know, I loved being in my growth group, but the people I really felt closest to this year were the youth leaders because we did ministry together. All of that's now being shelved a little bit. And I think one of the most helpful things leaders of teams could do now is be in touch with their people and say, we're not meeting, the band isn't together at the moment, just want to touch base with you, how are you going? Because these are people who are going to want to kickstart again in three months' time. That's really, that's really helpful. I mean, a, a real key principle to think into how do we mature our people, how do we grow our people. We, we've obviously got the, the Sunday gathering now. We've, we, we were able to pivot that onto something you know, something approximate to church life. We've got our small small groups, but our ministry teams are actually one of the the, the large places where discipleship, uh, where the opportunity to love one another, to be in people's lives, uh, you know, has been. And so we've lost that. And so revisioning people for that process and re-recruiting people is going to be really important. Yeah. Um, I want us to um, I want us to push into. Uh, uh, maybe just one final, maybe one final question there. I know, Greg, that I know, Greg, that you have, you know, restructured your team. So, so roles have changed, uh, and and I imagine, you know, authority, authority and responsibility changed in that process. So, uh, in some aspects, some people had, uh, you know, a, a more senior role, and they've had to actually do a more junior role just because they haven't had the skills, or uh, other people have had the opportunity to step up. What? How do you sort of see the? the process of, you know, people sort of returning back to, you know, different organisational structures and authority and managing that. Because, again, one of the key things you wanted out of this was that you would have a unified, you know, unified team coming out of it. Uh, you know, hey, hang on, I was your boss, Greg, and now I'm no longer your boss. What's the story? You know? <laughs> yeah, for for we, example, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, as we um, reorganised our people, we realised that we needed different team heads for the new situation. That is, um, our ministry teams had their leaders that were very stable, long-term, great at slowly developing something, great at maintaining and gradually growing. What we needed were people who could start, develop, sell things very quickly. We needed leaders who were really dynamic. And so it's interesting that our five new departments have quite different leaders in some cases to people who are running ministry before. We do have a challenge of when we go back um, because relationships have shifted. Um, and I think as we move back, we're going to have to talk about that. Um, what are the tensions that are now raised? Have, has the relationship changed? Do you still respect me? All those questions are going to be raised. Um, I'm glad we did it though. Um, we couldn't have got the departments up and running um, as quickly as we did and as effectively as we did by, unless we brought in people who are specifically gifted to initiate stuff. Mm. That's, that's really helpful. So again, just be thinking about that as you, uh, as you restart as well. Okay. Yeah. I, I want to press into um, our church, uh, our church community. Uh, so, so I guess, you know, third thing I want to, I want to press into uh, what does it look like to be uh, growing our church community in this restart phase? I think part of it is going to be integrating new people who've joined. So hopefully all of us are going to have people who have joined during COVID. One of the big things we need to do is how do we welcome them in through the front door? They've come in sort of, um, mm. come in digitally. 
Um, do we have a big dinner? Do we, uh, we wouldn't drag them up the front of church, but what are we going to do to really celebrate the milestone of those people joining us? That's going to be one of the key things. Um, I think we're also going to realise who's left us. Um, so when we were meeting physically, you could look around and see who's not been here for three weeks. It's really hard to see who's left us during COVID. And our hope is that our community groups will have stopped that from happening. But we may find we've lost 100 people. Um, yeah, it, so it that's is, one of the questions. It is interesting you, you mentioned that because I know one of the first things a lot of people uh, did was just to look through their database and to, and to think about all the people who weren't in community groups and try and get them into community groups or try and get them into a care structure. But it, it's interesting you're saying we're going to lose people, whereas I would have thought, actually, no, this has actually prompted us to do more mem you know, membership work, to do more people work and actually enfold them in and engage them in. Uh, yeah. And likewise, a whole bunch of people have also now connected in via care calls and, and, and being communicated and they've been able to now come to church because it's just so much, you know, it's so much easier. And, and, but you're still thinking we're going to have lost people in this process. Yeah, I think both are true. We may not have lost people net, um, but we're going to have gained people, the people who are on their way in have gone further in. Um, but I think there'll be people who are on their way out and this has been their exit. Um, mm. So a little bit like every change in church life gives us a new opportunity to preach vision. Every change in church life gives people the, gives people who are leaving anyway the chance to leave. Mm. Um, and so I'm hoping that at a net level, uh, we'll have grown quite a lot during COVID, but we'll discover who was already leaving before COVID at the end of it. And I think one of the things we can do in, in the preparation time too, we've got this uh, fantastic new group of people listening to us online who would never come to church, um, thinking intentionally about how do we uh, give them every opportunity to take that next step to, to join us when we can gather together because they're joining us online and they're a new group because they don't have to connect in with us anyway. And whether someone comes to church, they've connected with us physically um, they can just step out. Uh, and so giving every opportunity for them to engage um, pre, pre us getting together and then even thinking about that group now that we would never have thought about before because we didn't have them when we do launch, I think is an important step. So, yeah. so what, does it, what does it look like? You know, one of the first things to go um, in this sort of shutdown was the Bunnings sausage sizzle. So that was one of the first things to go because we were worried about infection and, and the virus moving around. What is it going to look like? Are we going to have... Uh, dinners are you, are you thinking a big fun day greg yeah there's the challenge isn't it do we do we go for the big fun day um or do we go back to normal as quickly as possible because one of the things we're going to have to retrain our people to do is church the church routine mm. um so we always say to people as they join us we want you to be at church on sunday we want you to join a growth group we want you to have a quiet time we want you to join a ministry team and we want you to be evangelizing there's five pillars of church life um, some of those have gone we need to retrain our people to be involved with, to re-engage with the basics. But at the same time, the opportunity to make something of celebration and mission is here and we only get it once. Mm -hmm. And I think the answer is we have to do both well. Um, we have to nail the celebration as we get back and welcome the newcomers in really well and all those things and also regroove people in the habit of busyness of church.
I wonder whether the integrating of both of those things together is important and for people to see that doing the celebrating well, doing the, the height and mission time well, isn't the staff team or the leaders or the experts doing it, but the whole church getting in on it together yeah. and that's part of the celebration. Um, yeah. So that once we do have that height and time, afterwards we go, oh, we've done mission now, so now we can get back to normal because that would be a negative result in a sense because what we're saying, we've got an opportunity for height and mission, but we're always on about mission. Yeah. Um, and so you want to kind of try and integrate them together. One opportunity that this does give us is to think about what we don't want to restart. So there are certain ministries that every church has that you would love to kill. They've already been killed. And so we can now quietly send them sailing off into the sunset by not restarting them. Um, it'd be worth putting foot into that in advance. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, excellent. Excellent. So final, final question. Uh, as you think about what to lose, what, what are we actually going to keep? Uh, so, so I want to go with the positive to finish. Are we going to, yeah. Are we going to continue to do some sort of online church? We'll definitely keep the video production going in some way for something. So up until now, the, Barrier to it has always been how hard it is to set up and do. It's now really easy for us. Everyone's built those skills, so we'll definitely keep doing some things. It won't so be. Can I just church. can I just press into the some? Yeah, can I press into something? So you're about to yeah. say it won't be, won't be church, but it won't, won't be church. Uh, we'll do. Um, but I, I can imagine us doing our life evangelistic life course online. Um, a lot of our training, I think, we'll let people zoom into in the future. Um, so we have growth group training, growth group related training nights. If both parents are leaders, um, they've got to get um, babysitters and so on. Now that we can Zoom easily and do all those things, I can imagine video being much more integrated into our church's life. There is something about gathering physically, though. When, you know, when Paul's writing to the Thessalonians and, uh, and he says, I want to come, um, it's not that the letter isn't relational, but there is something about being there face-to-face and so I've been saying to our church in a number of different ways and times, we will not be keeping church online. Um, and then we'll surprise them by keeping some things online. Yeah. This is our chance to retrain people not to overfill their lives. Um, because people so fill their lives, they're afraid of their children not having every opportunity. Um, in the next three months, we have to preach to people and say, um, don't restack your life. Um, be very careful about what you let back in and let the kingdom decide. And so we can say to people, growth group is really important. Kids, uh, the, um, the kids play group on a Friday afternoon, youth on Friday night, they're the key things to let back in. You don't have to restart swimming. You don't have to restart tuba practice. Yeah. Um, I reckon the next three months, we've really got to grab hold of that opportunity. Yeah. And we can, when we talk about painting a picture of a vision for church, uh, this is an opportunity for families to think in that same kingdom mindset about what do we want our family to be like and so yeah. in their life in that context. Yeah, that's brilliant. I hadn't thought about that until now. Excellent. Well, really appreciated talking to you both again today. Thank you. If you've enjoyed what you've been listening to today, we'd love it if you'd uh, leave a review, share uh, or subscribe to this podcast in an ongoing way. If you want more information about Reach Australia, head to reachaustralia.com.au.